Just continue in the attitude of prayer and just say, Lord, speak to me today. Speak to me today. As I've come here, Father Lord, I ask, Lord, that I'll meet you, Father Lord. Lord, that you will give me something special today. The way I came will not be the way I will, I'm going back. Ask the Lord that as the time has come for you to hear from him, that he will drop something for you. And also pray for me, Lord, that I, that I will be able to speak what the Lord has laid for each person. And the Lord will meet each person at his point of need. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I think Brother Franklin said you should greet three people and tell them welcome to church. I'm going to say greet five people and tell them Merry Christmas in advance. Hallelujah. Make sure you greet five people, then you can have your seat. If you don't greet five people, I want you to... Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas in advance. Merry Christmas in advance. Merry Christmas, Pastor. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. If you have greeted five people, you may have your seats. If you haven't five people, you can remain standing. Hallelujah. It's good to see the shift. The church is partially empty because people have gone home to their roots. And it's also full. I'm seeing new faces that are visiting uh, family. And I want to say you're all welcome back. I uh, know one this time I saw Brother Joy smiling today. I didn't see him at Eliolari Sigdi. But the reason is there. His wife is here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So um, if you're a first time, you have, you, have, you have been to our church, please, after the service, you can come to the left side. Someone will meet you and we'll collect your details. I will pray along with you. So everybody, please, you're welcome to church on a, on a Friday like this. Hallelujah. Now, I have some things I'm going to share with you and trying to encourage you, but I'm also aware that Friday school is with us, isn't it? I think the announcement is there till 18th. So quickly, I want a boy and a girl from Friday school to come up quickly, if you can. Any takers? A boy and a girl from Friday school, quickly. One boy, one girl from Friday school. Okay. Okay, excellent. That's good. Praise the Lord. What's your name? Stella. Stella. She said her name is Stella. You know what time of the year it is? Yes? It's Christmas? Yeah? Are you getting anything for Christmas? What are you going to get for Christmas? And your birthday is on Christmas. That's what pastors told me. Hallelujah. What are you getting for Christmas? What do you think you're getting for Christmas? Yeah? A surprise? Give her a round of applause. You may have a seat, Stella. Now I have a big man here. Okay. What do you think you're getting for Christmas? Brother Aditya, just get ready. What I think I'm going to be getting for Christmas is family. More family time. Okay. Family. And what else? And a really good dinner. A good dinner? Uh-huh. Yes. No gift? Mm, you don't want to say so? 
No, it's free because whatever you ask, your dad has to give it to you. Is he here? Yeah. Uh-huh. So as of now, not deciding on the gift. There won't be a surprise. Okay, but you're gonna get a gift. Yeah, sure. Okay, excellent. And what are you going to give? Pardon? What are you going to give? Good grades. Uh, good grades. <laughs> I like that. I like that. You're going to give good grades, but you're going to collect a gift, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Excellent. You could see expectations from all sides. I know his dad was standing there and looking. Don't give me a big list. But what I'm talking about is the season of giving. Isn't it? We're in a season of giving. It's Christmas time, isn't it? And I think even from last Friday, Pastor Leslie mentioned it, Brother Frank mentioned it, we're all in a season of giving. It's a joyful season, isn't it? Praise the Lord. And uh, how did we get to the season of giving? You know, where did it start from? And I'll tell you a little, a little story. There was a man that had a lot of, he was rich and then he came to a a rough patch in his life. And at that time when he had a rough patch in his life, he had three daughters, three daughters. And in the tradition, he had to pay dowries for the daughters. I think the same thing in India, isn't it? I think when I found out, I was teasing my wife, I said I should have gone to marry in India. (laughs) Maybe I would have received some, instead of the other way, in Africa is the other way around. And, um, he couldn't pay for the dowries of the wives, of the, of the kids. And uh, they were getting poor, and there was a time that they had, might have to end up giving the daughters or the daughters going into prostitution or one thing or the other. And there happened to be another man at the same time. He came slightly from a wealthy family, but he knew what this man was going through. So every night, he would take a, a bag of gold, he knew he had three daughters, and he would throw it through the window. So the family got oh, oh, a bag of gold. And the second night he did the same thing. Then the dad said, no, this is not coincidence. I'm going to wait for this intruder or this person that is giving me this gift. So the third night, okay, the third night he threw it and he caught the man. He said, you're the one giving this. And he, he just said he wanted to say thank you to him. But the man said, okay, you're welcome, but don't tell anyone. Go and handle your matters, you know. And that man was Saint, later came to be known as Saint Nicholas, isn't it? Now, little is known about him because you can, you can imagine he gave the gift and he didn't want anybody to know. But one of the, one of the, uh, one of the history has it, he was also part of the first council of Nicaea. That was the first council of the church council in, in Turkey, in present day Turkey in those old days, you know. And he became a patron saint for sailors, merchants, repentant thieves. But he had a catalog of doing good, of giving gifts, you know. And I can say from that he became Saint Nicholas and he carried on to become what we know as different things nowadays. But that was the season of how giving started, you know. And they coupled with the three wise men. And that's where we are today. Now, we have commercialized it, isn't it? Praise the Lord. I'm not against giving. I'm for giving, so let's get that straight. But now the world has commercialized it, okay? Now, for example, in the US, they expect 
the Christmas season to spend $4 billion every day. $4 billion every day. And season for Christmas is not December. We're starting from October, mid-October to New Year. Don't forget the Thanksgiving. Nowadays, there's a, there's a latest one, Black Friday, isn't it? I don't even know why it's called Black, I don't know, but there's a lot of <laughs> stories behind it, you know? And by, by the end of New Year, almost $1 trillion would have been spent. Okay? $1 trillion globally. People spending, and they're buying things to give, buying things to fill estate. And if you meet most retailers, that is only season they're able to make any, any amount of profit. So they live for that season. And even sometimes, employers knew about that, isn't it? They used to have a Christmas club in some companies. Have you heard of that scheme? The, the employer would save part of your salary and then give you towards Christmas because they know that's the time you will need it. Praise the Lord. Now, that is the season we're in. So it has come to us is a season of giving, one way or the other. But we're going to look at giving in more detail. So for us to know what we're doing in this our beautiful season that we're rejoicing. Praise the Lord. So first of all, we'll just define one or two things. And maybe I'll take you along and we'll see where, where we're eager. What is a gift? That was the first thing. Those are the basic things. What is a gift? A gift is a transfer of something without an expectation of return. If I give something to someone, I don't expect anything in return because I've gifted him. If I give something to someone and I expect something to return to me, it's just like a loan, isn't it? You have invested, you're expecting some returns, isn't it? That's the first thing. First slide, please. Okay? And our text, sorry, I'll just take our text from the beginning. Luke 6, 38. I shall take in that first. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will be put in your bosom. For the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Praise the Lord. That I was anchor verse, and we'll come back to it. But as I was saying, a gift is a transfer of something without expectation of something in return. That's the definition of a gift. Praise the Lord. Now, the next one is generosity. Is the habit of giving something without expecting anything in return. So generosity is a lifestyle, isn't it? I can give to you something, but if I constantly give, if I constantly get to the habit of giving freely, that is generosity, okay? A gift, something, generosity, a lifestyle, okay? Now, the common word that we hear nowadays is charities, isn't it? The giving a help to those in need who are not related to the giver. So giving something to people in need that you're not related to. And I think most of us know what the word charity is, isn't it? Praise the Lord. You have to give, isn't it? Yes. And of course, sometimes we name people charity because it's a noble thing we're talking about. Now, when we're going to give, I've arranged our giving, three types of giving. Praise the Lord. The types of giving that we have. There are three types. And I'll go through them as we're taking. The first one is the planned giving. You plan, isn't it? You plan to give. And plan to give is what? It can be birthdays. It can be wedding anniversaries, we've heard. It can be Christmas, like what we have. 
and you have to make a conscious effort, you plan to do this, you're going to give. Praise the Lord. It can also be out of that facet of giving for a certain cause. There's someone in the Nigerian community, for example, he's, he's running for election back in Nigeria. And uh, a lot of us uh, have been complaining, Nigeria is bad, Nigeria is bad, and someone has taken the initiative. Now, because of an election, he needs money, isn't it? So he gives to that cause. And I was a meeting to give to that cause. If you haven't given, you better give. You know, it's a good cause. But those are the things I'm talking about, planned giving. Isn't it? We're talking about planned giving. It can be also to the church. Your tithes, your offerings. You know what you're going to come and give on Sunday, isn't it? Or you can be supporting missionaries. You can be supporting orphans. You put something aside, I'm going to give this. And I believe all of us have those things in our lives. You know, we are already planned who, to, who are going to give. Our parents back home, wherever they are, India, Nigeria, Kenya, there's something you plan you're going to give them at a certain time, isn't it? It doesn't have to, have to be at Christmas. But you have planned to give something away. The next one is unplanned giving. Why do I call it unplanned giving? These are in the case of emergencies. And have you been there before? There's an emergency that's happening, you have to give. You have to find money to give. It can be a family, it can be someone in the office, it can be something. Sometimes it can be in the issue of blood, blood donation. Something happens, emergency, you have to give blood. You're giving, isn't it? Now, I'm going to quantify what I'm talking about giving here, first of all. So let, let's let you know think. Giving can be monetary, it can also be, it can be tangible and intangible. So tangible, it can be money. Intangible, it can be anything that you do. Your time, your effort, and different things. So when I'm talking about that, let's look at it from that whole holistic approach. But then there are emergencies that we have to give. There are emergencies that Brother Frank will call for prayers, and you should stop wherever you are. You see his text, and you go into prayer. That does not mean that you don't have your planned prayer time in the morning, isn't it? There are some that are unplanned. Praise the Lord. The next one, and I want to term it, for me is different from unplanned giving, which is spontaneous giving. The spur of the moment. Okay? Usually this comes out of deep compassion. And sometimes it's also a test from God. Praise the Lord. This one happens like this. Something will drop in your heart. You need to give for something. And most times, I always find out in my life that comes from God. You might not see the reason why, but it comes from God. But you're asked to do that. Praise the Lord. I'll narrate you an example. There's a, day, there's a day I went to the ATM near my house, and I withdrew money. And there was an Omani person there asking for funds. But I passed, you know, and I just withdrew my money. And surprisingly, this ATM did not give some small notes. Even the, even the smallest one is five real was, was it's still big, you know? But this one did not give any small notes. And as I was coming out, something dropped my spirit, give this man something. And it was, it was there, <laughs> you know? And I, was like, I looked at the money and I said, come on. <laughs> How am I going to break this and give this to this man, you know? But I walked past him. I was about getting the car, but the urge was still on there. And I walked back. And whatever I had, I dropped it there. The man jumped to hug me. 
Because I'm sure he has not seen that amount. But I don't know who he is. I don't know where he's from. But that was something that was spontaneous that I was asked to do. I might not never know the reason why. Maybe it might be at the end. When I'm good to heaven, God will show me what it is. But there are times like that something has been laid up in your heart to give. Most times I will tell you, you better obey it. It's coming from God. It's coming from God. It's very easy for Christmas because we're all family. Those ones are very easy when they're planned. But the issue is a spontaneous one. How do you answer that call? Praise the Lord. Am I speaking to someone? So I'll also move next to the facts about giving. Facts about giving. Certain facts about giving. Giving requires a motive, isn't it? Giving requires a motive. So why are you giving? Is it because of love? Is it because of obedience? Is it because you're asked to? Is it because you're expecting something in return? Expecting something in return. There's always a motive. Is it because you're expected to? Okay? Now, there's usually a thin line in that expectation and love. I come from a culture, if someone's getting married, everybody rallies around the person to support that person to get married. It's expected of you. So you will have to go and give. Now the reverse, when it comes to your turn, it's also expected of everybody to come and rally support around you. Isn't it? I was the last person to get married in my family. And after I finished, my mom said, ah, it's over. You know what I'm saying? But that, what am I trying to say? There are various reasons for giving. But the motive has to be right. The motive has to be right. And we'll talk about it later, what makes a good gift. But bear in mind, there's a motive for giving. Whatever you're giving, what's the motive behind it? Always think about it. Giving should be to God, number two. Giving should be to God. Now you'll be asking, how about the ones I'm giving outside, here and there, what am I doing? Yes, you're giving to God. If you're giving to humanity, you're giving to God. Because God has asked us in that regard. So number one thing, giving should be to God. You're not giving unto man. You're giving unto God. If you're giving to the poor, you're giving to God. Praise the Lord. Do you understand that? Okay? Then it's also required for us as Christians. Give and it shall be given to you. Isn't that what the Bible says? As Christians, we're required to give. It's supposed to be our lifestyle. The early Christians, that was their lifestyle, to give. And that is also what is required for us as Christians. And as we go down, you'll see what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Number four, which is also giving is an act of worship and obedience. Act of worship and obedience. Let's remember the story of Cain and Abel. Abel brought a gift. Cain also brought a gift. 
One was from the ground, wasn't it? One was a sacrifice. Now, at that time, when they came to give God, was it because they were seeking forgiveness? That was the first time we heard about them giving gifts to God or bringing an offering unto God. It wasn't because of forgiveness. It was out of an act of worship. This is my maker. This is my God. What shall I give to him? So your giving is an act of worship to your maker and to who has given you. Thank God, Brother Frank said, the last year is a thanksgiving. That our giving, that our thanks is an act of worship. In Genesis 4, 7, it says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you shall rule over it. That was what was mentioned to Cain after he killed Abel, isn't it? So we have to come with one mind, one heart, and say, I worship you with my substance. It's an act of worship. Most of us that are married, cast your memories back to your years of courtship. Some is plenty of years ago. Some is more than 40 years ago. But I hope you can refresh your mind. There's nothing your wife, I presume will be your wife now anyways, that would have asked you at that time, you wouldn't go and get it for her. Praise the Lord. Men, do you identify with that? I can see somebody are just keeping quiet, you know? There's nothing your wife will ask for you at that time when you're caught in that you will not go and get for her. It was an act of devotion. But I know sometimes some of us, it's, uh, it declines over the years. Praise the Lord. <laughs> God help us, men, you know? I wish we still had the same passion as in those days, you know? But it was an act of devotion, an act of worship, and that's what we're supposed to have for our Heavenly Father in giving, isn't it? And the quality, okay? We will find out the quality. The quality. Cain and Abel was not a matter of the quality. It was just out of worship. I think it was Cain's heart that was went wrong. Because at that time, it didn't say it has to be an animal sacrifice. It was a grain offering. And don't forget, later on in the Bible, God was also receiving grain offerings. Isn't it? So it wasn't what they gave. It was the heart at that particular point in time. Praise the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 6, 12, 16, 2, it says, On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. So you give proportionally to what God has blessed you with. Okay? Give proportionally to what God has blessed you with. I don't, I'm not expected to give the same amount Bill Gates gives. Praise the Lord. Because I have not reached the blessings that God has bestowed on him, even as an unbeliever. So I cannot be expected to give that. And we'll see later on. Proportionally to what God has blessed you is between you and your God. You know. So you don't underchange yourself when you're giving. All hands are not equal. So we don't expect everybody to give the same level. But I can tell you, God will honor the level of giving of anybody depending on what he gives. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So first thing, requires a motive. Should be to God. Required by us as a Christians, an act of worship, 
and were to give proportionally to your blessings. Praise the Lord. I've never seen God going to go and say, somebody go and enter debt to come and give. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. You can give by faith, understand, but God has never asked you to go and enter debt because he's also against debt. The Bible has to merge. If anybody tells anything contrary, don't believe it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So when we move to the next section. A good gift. What is a good gift? What is a good gift? A good gift to me might be different from what Brother Prasad would term as a good gift. So a good gift, there are certain essentials of a good gift. But one of the first things, it must be meaningful. So what I'm saying is what must be meaningful to me might not be what is meaningful to Brother Prasad, as I was saying. It must be meaningful to the receiver. I'll give you a story that happened in our earlier years of, of marriage, and I was in the, we were in Aberdeen then, and um, this Christmas came in, and my wife was like, oh, she needed something in the kitchen. She needed a deep fryer, a new one. And I said, okay, this sounds meaningful. Meaningful to her and meaningful to us as a family. So that Christmas, I was trying to be a smart and a half. I was just trying to be smart and cheeky. And I went and got her this deep fryer as a gift, and I gave it to her. Very big. I mean, when she saw the box, she didn't know what it was. Man, oh, what have we given? And she opened it. And up to the day, I'm in trouble for that. She said, this is not a gift to me. This is a gift to your house. <laughs> you're going to be using this. I'm going to be using it, but you're going to be using this. How can you give me such a gift, you know? And I said, but it's supposed to be meaningful to you. It's supposed to help you in the kitchen. She said, no, it's supposed to help all of us. It's not only for me. I'm not taking this. <laughs> I need my proper gift for myself, you know? And that is it. If you're giving, bear in mind it should be meaningful to that person. I've never seen God giving anything to somebody that was not meaningful to him. The people that he made to see, it was meaningful to them. The people that he gave them good health, it was meaningful to them. The people he attended to was meaningful to them. So whatever gift you're giving, it should be meaningful to that person at the other side. Okay? Now, the thing is, if someone gives you something you don't feel it's meaningful, what do you do? You accept it with good grace. Because you cannot say, no, this is not good for me. Have you ever seen someone return a gift to you? If he returns a gift to you, what happens? He will never get anything from you. So kids, Friday school, if daddy and mommy give you something you're not expecting or you don't like, you better smile and say, thank you, daddy, thank you, mommy. I think that is a, that's a secret my son has gotten. Anytime we go out for anything or buying something, he, he always says, thank you. He's always happy, oh, thank you. Now, within me, I'll say, is he really, does he really like this? But the way he says thank you, it pushes me to do more. Sometimes I'm trying to remember, I don't know how he got that, that wisdom, but every day, ah, oh, thank you, this was nice, this and this, and, and next time, I want to do more. And that's the same thing with when you give to people and when you give to God. When it's meaningful. When God sees someone in distress and you decide to go and give of your time, God will be happy to you. 
It doesn't have to be cash. It doesn't have to be money. Even given your time of your encouragement, God will be happy. In the midst of this chaos that's happening around, you pin out somebody to go and give your time to. It's wonderful. Praise the Lord. NG4C, are you here? God bless you. They were singing carols. They say that they came to my house and they sang carols. And it was meaningful to me. You know, they came around and they sang. You know, they moved around to different places and they sang. And for me, that was more than anything that anybody would give to me. You have the youth of the church coming to sing carols. God bless you. God will bless you. God will bless you. And thing about gifts, it must be an act of obedience. Obedience. That is it. That is the source of everything. When I said earlier on, give to God, everything goes to God, is out of an act of obedience. You're not supposed to act, ask. God has mandated it that we give. That makes a good gift when it's out of obedience. That is what makes a good gift. Another thing also, it should be sacrificial. Okay? Sacrificial. Let's go to Mark 12, 41 to 44. Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how people put money into the treasury. And many who are rich put in much. So imagine uh, Bill Gates entered or Sultan Kabus entered. He put in much. Isn't it? Praise the Lord. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, and which, uh, which is a, a quadrant. So he called his disciples himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given in the treasury. For all they put in in their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. That's what I said, you have to give proportionally to what God has blessed you with. The woman came there. What she had, she gave all of it. The other ones gave out of abundance. They have an abundance and they give. That's why I mentioned you should give proportionally to what God has blessed you with. And nobody knows that between you and God. But it has to be sacrificial. And it has to be of good quality. It has to be of good quality. David said, what will I give unto the Lord? Something that will not cost me. It must cost him something. Matthew 5, 42. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. <laughs> That's a very, very straightforward and hard verse. Do not turn away. Sacrificial giving. Sacrificial. It has to be sacrificial. Those are the best gifts. Because I'm talking about good gifts, isn't it? Luke 3, 11, it says, He who answered and said to them, He who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none. He who has food, let him do likewise. Two jackets. Give to who, who doesn't have. Now, I'll throw a challenge. And I learned this from my pastor then, back in the UK then. If you go to your wardrobes, okay, go to your wardrobes. If you have something that you have not used for six months, then you should give it out. Say amen to that. Amen. Ladies, I didn't say, I say amen to that. 
Uh-huh. If you have something you have not used for six months, you should give out. It's not worth it. There are people that need it. There are people that need it. The other day I was going to Nigeria and I, I, had, a, I had some excess luggage space. Just collected all the clothes and took it. I said they should go and give it to the IDPs because I will never use them. There are things that maybe you have used once, twice. Why are they staying here? Someone needs them. I was very happy. I wasn't here when they had the uh, flood in Kerala. But the church packed a lot of clothing. Those are things that people can pick up and wear immediately. And as the Bible says, you have two tunics, give him one. So I'm not saying something new. Jesus said it. Matthew 6, 1 to 4. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound trumpets before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory for men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing that your charitable deed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So a good gift should be given in secret. Thank God for this church. When you're coming in to give your church, you give quietly, isn't it? Secretly. There's nobody knows who has given what. Even when you're giving out to society, the best form is to give secretly. Nowadays, I give a definition about charity, isn't it? Now, charity, charity has become a fashionable thing. I give so, 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 so to charity. Isn't it? You hear that? And it didn't start now. <laughs> the Pharisees used to do it, and it's still going now. You meet any big man in public or celebrity, oh, this is what I've given to charity. That's not what God has asked us to do. Back in Nigeria, there was, um, there's always an issue sometimes People are launching for different things. So launching is to raise money, isn't it? Appeal fund to raise money. And the bigger the crowd, the bigger people dive into their pockets. I've given oh, one million, I've given two million, and that's for everybody to know that that person has given. Praise the Lord. Now the part that people don't understand is, after the occasion is finished, to get that money becomes difficult. <laughs> because the person has already collected all the accolades that he wanted. Now to retrieve, to redeem that amount of money becomes very, very difficult. That's the kind of giving that God does not want. It should be secretive. I've heard here in, in, in this church, I've heard several times, I think it's pastor, that people will drop something in the offering bag for somebody else. And it will be given to that person, but he doesn't know where it's from. <laughs> that is the thing we're talking about should be secretive. Your left should not know what your right is giving. It's in the Bible. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So who should we give to? Who should we give to? The church is number one. I always put that as a church. So the church where you're being blessed with, you give to the church. 
I'm not going to dwell about tithes and offering because that's a different topic altogether. But you should know that you give to the church. Now, if you don't have confidence that your church is not using your funds properly, then you shouldn't be in that church. That's my philosophy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because I know I hear so many debates, oh, I've given to the church, this is what the church is using, whatever it is. If you're not comfortable, then you leave that church and go to a church where you feel they're using your funds properly. Isn't it? But what God has asked us is to give to the church. But praise the Lord, we're in bread of life, which makes judicious use of their, of their funds. So I'm happy to be part of it and happy to give my, to my church here. Isn't it? So the first thing is give church. I don't want to hear any excuse. Oh, I don't know what the church is doing. Nah. If you're not comfortable, then go to a place, but you must give it to the church. Praise the Lord. Two, give to the body of Christ. Your Jerusalem starts home. Your members. Whatever you're giving to, your time, ministry, individuals, should be to the body of Christ. Missionaries. How many missionaries are you giving to? Praise the Lord. Matthew 10, 40 to 42. He who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives he who sent me. Who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, as surely I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. So the body of Christ is where we start from. And body of Christ does not mean your family members. It means Christians that God has brought within your circle of, of friendship and fellowship. They might be a different race. They might be a different color from you. They might belong to different types of jobs. But that is the starting point where you're giving should start from, the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. And the next one is to the poor. Proverbs 19, 17 says, Who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. What he has given to the poor, he will pay back what he has given. <laughs> For me, that is a very, very strong one. So he can't give to the poor without God giving back to you. Whatever form, I don't know what form he will give back to you, but he has said, he owes no man. Praise the Lord. The church, body of Christ, and the poor, or less privileged. Then we go to the fourth one, the family, which is very, very easy for us to give, isn't it? Because you're flesh and blood. So you give to family. That, I don't even need to even explain that one. You give to family, especially your old folks. Okay? Don't forget your old folks. You're still responsible for them. Don't forget what the Western society is, is moving to. God has also mandated you to take care of your own family. And as you take care of them, your own children will take care of you in Jesus' name. Amen. The next one is strangers. You might not know anybody from Adam, but God has brought them to you. You need to sort them also. You need to give your time to them. You need to give your time to them. Praise the Lord. 
to your employees. Yes. There's one beautiful thing about Christmas. I think Brother Frank touched on it. During Eid, if you have been here for long during Eid, they give presents to you, isn't it? People will come and say Eid Mubarak and everything. But during Christmas, do we do that? It's a point for us to minister and to preach to people. So there's nothing wrong in you taking a present or a gift to someone during the season. It gives you a time to open and talk to somebody. Praise the Lord. Because look at it. Our brothers, they give us gifts during Eid, isn't it? So how about us during Christmas? Is it for only us? How about your employees, your colleagues? When I say employees, it also covers your colleagues. One, they will know you're a Christian. Two, it gives an avenue for you to start discussing with them what this Christmas is about. It opens doors for you. Last week, my wife made some cookies, and I said, Why, what are you doing with cookies? I said, I'm talking to the office. And she shared it. The news got around that she was giving cookies, and uh, <laughs> I think they rushed everything. But it gives you a room, an avenue, to share the love of Christ. It's our season of giving, so it's not a wrong season. It's the right season if you open our hearts and minds to it. Praise the Lord. The last part, the last one to give is the government. You're not happy to hear this. <laughs> You're not happy to hear. You should give to the government, isn't it? You have to give to government. And Jesus answered and said to them, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. Mark 12, 17. Thank God here sometimes we have, uh, it's tax free, isn't it? So government doesn't really take the money. But whatever you're required to pay, you pay. I used to have this grudge when I was in the UK. I mean, 40% tax, getting to 50%. I said, come, what are they using this money from? You know? You know, so, but God has asked you to give. There's no tax evasion, you know? Don't evade your tax. Whatever is required for you by government, you give. Because God has mandated you to give, isn't it? So you also need to give to the government or who is in authority. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So why don't we give? So I'm thinking we're getting there. Why don't we give? One of the major reasons why we don't give is because I fear that if I give away, I don't have sufficient for this. You're afraid it will never be enough. It will never be enough if you don't give. If you like be a multi-millionaire, billionaire, if you feel it won't give, if you cannot give when you have one real. When you have millions of reals, you cannot give. Because that's the mindset. That's the mindset. It was not enough for me. It's not enough for me. If you go to the issues of tithes, that's a different discussion for different days. That's one of the major reasons why people give. Give. It's not going to be enough for me. But I want to tell you, as I said earlier, giving is a lifestyle. Once you start, you will continue. No compassion or empathy. If you have no compassion, you cannot give. Of your time, of your resources, if you don't have any empathy, you, no compassion, you will not give. That's why it's very easy for us to give to families, isn't it? Because they are blood, we have compassion, we have empathy. You go to the moon and come back for them, isn't it? 
But for a stranger, you don't have that. And to when you, you have that, and sometimes you say Jesus had compassion on them, then he did something. And to were able to have that. Another one is also the third one, which is also is there. You genuinely don't have. Yeah? Genuinely, that's why I put the word genuinely. You don't have. Sometimes people think they genuinely don't have, but they have. What did Peter say? Silver and gold I do not have. But in the mighty name of Jesus, rise up and walk. He didn't have something monetary, but he still has something within him. So when I say genuinely, is when you look, you don't have, but God looks at the heart. He knows what he can do. The widow that gave the might. Or the, or the widow of Zarephath in Kings, isn't it? She didn't have. She said, this is all I have. And Elijah told her to go and make a meal for him. She brought it. She genuinely did not have. She wanted to eat and die and go. But yet after that, she sourced it and said, here. So those are the major reasons. Lack of giving falls into that. It's not enough for me. No compassion, empathy, and generally don't have. So choose yourself where you follow into, where you fall into. Now, the part that we're all waiting for, benefits of giving. It's always, it's always blessed to give than receive, isn't it? I'm sure most of the times you have heard of that one, that the hand that gives is on top, the one that receives is below. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's a statement. It's fixed. It endears us to God, second, and draws us closer to him. I think I give an example when my son says thank you. It endears me to him to give more. When you give, God will look at you and say, see my son, see my daughter. She has given of this. I will bless that person. I will bless that person. I mean, there was a, one sister, Florence was leaving. Florence away, she was in a choir. I went to her house and they were talking about her sent forth. And they gave, I mean, she belonged to the choir, dedicated to the choir. But at home, she was always ministering to the ladies that were younger than her. The way the Bible says, you the older ladies bring up the younger ladies. I went away with that testimony and it baffled me that someone can sit down and be that faithful. Now there's no way she'll sit down there and God will allow her, her service to be in vain. Allow them to be out of job for too long. Or allow her kids to have difficulty. God will honor that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It does, it grows you closer to God. It makes us more Christ-like. That's the third one. It builds a virtue inside us because that was the attitude of God. Giving, giving. Ecclesiastes 11.1 1 says, cast your bread upon the waters for you will find it after many days. It builds trust on God's provisions. If you give and God provides for you, it builds your trust that in whatever scenario you find yourself in, God will give you more.
Praise the Lord. That's the confidence he builds in you. Okay? Next slide, please. It stores up treasures for us in heaven. Isn't it? It stores up treasures for us in heaven. Praise the Lord. Next slide, please. It also, 2 Corinthians 9, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully also reap bountifully. Give and it shall be given to you. And that's another verse also. There's a benefit for giving. You will reap. I said initially you should not give with expectation, but God's word says you reap. Can we have the next slide? I want to try something. I'll show you the, I'll show you the slides. And tell me who are the founders of this, if anybody knows. Does anybody know the founder of Quaker Oats? Slowly, slowly, sister. Or Colgate. We know these things. You know Colgate, isn't it? You know Quaker Oats. Who likes Quaker Oats, please? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Next one, please. That is a uh, movie material. My son loves it. My little one loves it. He calls it Digger. Isn't it? Can anybody, does anybody know the founders of this? None of you know. Okay. How about that last one? They're all together because of a reason. No, that, that last one, they're all together. Standard, Exxon, Chevron. I put them together. Because Standard gave birth to Exxon, it gave birth to Chevron. Okay? So Standard was the biggest company. They gave birth to Exxon, it gave birth to Chevron. Okay, do you have African brothers? Who knows Econet? Who knows the founder of Econet? Yes. Huh? Strive Masiwa. Excellent. So now I'll give the names. Sister, the first name, Quick Oats. His name was Henry Cromwell. Okay? Now, why am I saying this? Who was Henry Cromwell? Have you heard of the Moody Bible Institute? Okay? He was chairman of Moody Bible Institute for 40 years. 40 years. And he created a trust in which he gave 70% of his wealth to that trust. Sponsoring missionaries, sponsoring Moody Bible Institute. He had a rough life before he was able to hit it with Kiko Oates. And he sponsored over 100 Christian organizations. 100 might be sponsoring one or two and you're already complaining. This was 100 he was talking about, 100. He died in 1943 at the age of 82. A long life by our standard. Next one, please. William Colgate. Now it's Colgate and Palmolive. I'm, I'm sure, yes, they have merged, isn't it? Almost all of us have used Colgate. If you don't know Colgate, raise your hands. One was small, the only one we knew in Nigeria was McLean. So whenever I even knew the name was toothpaste, we used to call it McLean, you know, and that was the name for it, for toothpaste, because that was the brand that we knew. But now we have Colgate, and this was William Colgate. If you read his history, he started giving one-tenth to the Lord, two-tenths, three-tenths, four-tenths, and fifth-tenths. Ended up giving 50% of his profit to the Lord. Now, where is, where is Colgate and Palmolive? It's an international brand. Praise the Lord. And he found what? 
He's the university. He was, he was one of the founded uh, Madison Seminary. Now it's Colgate University in the U.S. Funded by him. Praise the Lord. Now let's go to the next one. Robert Letourneau. He called himself a businessman for God. Praise the Lord. Okay? He's the one that said, why should God have 10%? I'm going to give God 90%. He gave God 90% and he lived on 10%. And he was not a poor man. 90%. 90%. He said, it's not how much money I give to God, but how much God's money I keep for myself. If you go to Letourneau University in Longview, Texas, he founded that university. Most of the equipment there were digging machines. Now you have JB, JCB, is it? But he started those ones. If you go to America, the company's still there. But that was a man that gave 90%. Not only to the church, but to kingdom work, to people. Now, why am I challenging you? It's because I'm challenging you that if men like us can do that, we can also give. Praise the Lord. Now the next one. That's a popular name. I thought someone was going to get that. John Rockefeller. Go to America, you know Rockefeller family. Standard Oil was the biggest company. Now imagine he gave birth to Exxon and Chevron after it was broken. You can imagine how it is. His children's children are still enjoying the government. Politicians, businessmen, in those days, okay, they said there was a monopoly. That's why they broke it down. At the age of 21, he spearheaded fundraising campaign that collected 2,000 and helped save his church from going under. And in all of this, he was still involved in Bible study and prayer meetings. Come on, how much are we getting? We say, come for a prayer meeting. You sit back in your house. <laughs> and you see someone giving of his time. That's a multimillionaire. Up to the time he died. He retired at 55, by the way. 55, and the rest of the time was into philanthropy. But yet he gave to so many causes. The first black woman university, Spelman University in Georgia, USA, he funded it. The famous University of Chicago, he funded it. But he never wanted his name to be Rockefeller University. From where I come from, Nigeria, you give something, my name must be there. Emmanuel Marcus University. <laughs> I don't know about India, but that's the way it is. You want your name branded there. But all these universities had none of his name inside it. Because he felt he was a steward of God's wealth. This was a man, in those days, he bailed the United States government with up to the tune of $20 million. One person from his pocket, through his bank. J.P. Morgan. These were Christians. These were Christians that gave. Some of them went on missionary journeys. Praise the Lord. They sponsored missionary. It was not about giving money to cars. It was even about their time. I mean, we retired at 55. And then you use the rest of your days doing God's work and philanthropy. Why won't your children's children's life be sorted for life? Why wouldn't the Rockefeller family continue enjoying where they came from? Because the man gave. Now you might think I'm talking too much about Americans. 
Econet. I think my brother got the name. Strive Masiawa. The first mobile I had in Nigeria, he's the one that brought it to Nigeria. He's worth 1.5 billion US dollars. But he has given his time now totally to giving. He pays the school fees of about 22,000 Zimbabwean orphans. 22,000 Zimbabwean orphans. And his count is going on. Now, he's an African like me, like a lot of us. I'm sure if I go to India, I'll pick people like this, isn't it? So what are they doing that we're not doing? Or what are we, what is stopping us from doing what they did? They gave and they worked hard, but they gave to God in season and in out of season. It's just for us to see. What I'm saying is not, uh, is not, uh, is not known. Or is, there have not been examples. But there are more of that. If you go, if you have read Giants for God, you'll find more details about more men like that. And it will encourage you, it will build you up. Praise the Lord. Next slide, please. Let me just round up. The ultimate gift, next point please. The ultimate gift this season is salvation. And it's coming back to that Christmas. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is the ultimate gift this season. And the reason why people, I said, don't, don't give is because they feel they don't have enough. We have that gift. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We have that gift. We have enjoyed salvation. So this season that we're giving, what gift, perfect gift can you give someone? I mentioned it, a good gift. This qualifies salvation, qualifies everything there. It has to be meaningful to that person. It's out of obedience. It's our year of harvest. We're rounding up the year. Now we've entered the season of giving. Now my brothers, my sisters, if you can bring one soul to the kingdom this season, you are giving a perfect gift to God. That's what it's not all about the physical gifts we're giving. It's how many souls were winning to Christ. But bear in mind, you cannot give what you don't have. So even yourself, if you're not born again, this is a time for you to think and receive of the good and perfect gift from God. In James 1.17, it says, every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the God, Father of lights. With him, there's no variation or shadow of turning. Praise the Lord. That's my message to you. When the season of giving... I'm out for giving. Physically, what you have, you can give. Your time-wise, you have, you give. Financially, you give. But ultimately, give salvation to someone this season. Speak to someone about Christ this Christmas. We have a reason to celebrate. We have a reason to share the gospel with someone. 
and lastly, given all seasons of life, not only Christmas. Praise the Lord. Church, shall we stand as we bring the service to a close? And I want you to think about what you have heard over the last 45, 50 minutes. And there's a question that each of us needs to answer here, and that is simply this. Am I a giver or am I a gatherer? Am I a giver or am I a gatherer? And that's where I think, as Brother Marcus was talking about, open your shelves and look at what you haven't used for six months. You can give it away. That will prove whether you're a giver or a gatherer. John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. When you give, do you give willingly? Do you give grudgingly? How is your heart? Does it pain to give? But there is yet one more question. It's not about giving. Have you received the gift that was given to you? Have you received the gift that God gave to you? Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Have you received that gift? Have you received that gift? Because that is a crucial question. Church, we need to pray. Talk to God right now. And if you have received that greatest gift from God, Pray that you will be a giver after God's own heart. If you haven't received the gift of God's salvation, God's gift of salvation, pray that you will receive it. As we come to the end of 2018, think about it. Is there anyone here who needs to receive that gift? Is there anyone here who says, no, I haven't received the gift of salvation, but I want it. I desire it. I long for it. If there is, I want you to signify by putting up your hands. 
that if you want to receive Jesus Christ into your life, where he has promised you the gift of eternal life, you need to put up your hands. It's your life. The gift is ready. So since I don't see any hands, I am going to assume that everyone here has received the gift of salvation. I might be wrong, but I'm going to assume that. And therefore, every one of you can learn to be a giver after God's own heart. So you can talk to God now and tell him, how do you want me to give? God, how do you want me to give? You have opened my eyes this day. Let me be a giver. Let me not be a gatherer. Let me not be a hoarder. Don't build barns. Give out. Church, talk to God right now. Thank God for the gift of salvation that you have received. And tell God that you want to pass it on. You want to give it out. You want to give from the many things that you have, you want to give out. Talk to God right now. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. For truly, Lord, as we come to the end of this year, Lord, Father, and we look back, Lord, Father, our wardrobes are full. Our homes are full. We have things unlimited, Lord. Nothing because of our own, but because in your grace you have given to us, Lord. But greatest of all, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that our future is secure. You've given us the gift of eternal life. And to those many of us here, Lord, who have received that, Father God, we thank you, Lord, because eternal life is our portion now, Lord. But Father God, continue to teach us, continue to make us into the kind of people you want us to be. That we may look out, Lord, we may look around, Lord, we may see with compassion, we may see where there is a need, Lord Father, that we will not keep to ourselves when we have two tunics. Help me to give one, Lord. Father, thank you, Lord, that today you have given us a lesson in giving, Lord, because you are the greatest giver. Make us also givers, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord. Pray, Lord, that you will continue to empower him, Lord Father, anoint him, Lord Father, that he will bring to us practical words of wisdom, Lord Father, that we will be able to listen to that which you teach him, Lord, and we will be able to apply it in our own lives. Father, we ask that your blessings be with him and with the family, Lord Father, that you will guide and lead and bless the whole family and make them a blessing, Lord Father. Father, we thank you for who they are. Father, thank you, Lord Father, for every one of us gathered here, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we have this privilege and this opportunity of coming and gathering as your people, Lord Father, meeting together. And Father God, we ask that during this day, your presence be with us, Lord. Continue to speak to us, minister unto us, Lord. And even as we depart from here, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we will go 
with your words ringing in our hearts and our minds, Lord. Father, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.